You're listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Karen Patrone is a history professor who specializes in Russian history, gender, and culture. Karen is the author of an upcoming book about World War I and Soviet memory. My name is Karen Patrone. I'm a professor in the Department of History at the University of Kentucky. The main argument of the book is really a simple one, uh, that there was Soviet memory of World War I. Many of the scholars, in fact everyone up until this point, has argued that because the Soviet state didn't commemorate World War I after the revolution, that there was no World War I memory. And they're right at the level of official culture. The Soviet government did not recognize World War I as part of its heroic past in any way. Uh, they saw it as a bad imperialist war engaged in uh, by the Tsarist government and, and uh, of course, a failure, too, a military failure. But they wanted to essentially create their foundation myths on the Russian Revolution, on the Russian Civil War that took place from 1917 to 1921. So World War I didn't fit very neatly into that narrative, and it was put on the back burner. Many people, therefore, thought that there was no Soviet memory of World War I in the interwar period. This didn't make sense to me. Uh, how could 18.2 million men be in uniform, 2 million dead, uh, 5 million prisoners of war, 5 million the wounded and suffering from their wounds, how could all of this be happening uh, without any recorded trace of it? Um, and so I began to look at soldiers' memoirs. I began to look at literature. There are dozens and dozens of books on how World War I was remembered in France, in England, in Germany, and uh, there was virtually nothing about how it was remembered in Russia. Was What was happening in the Soviet Union? Was it like what was happening in Europe? Uh, to what degree uh, was the Soviet Union outside of these European currents, and to what degree was it in fact part of, of European war memory in the interwar period? So those were, those were the questions that I set out to address. Um, and then I got very, uh, very lucky uh, because, in fact, there, was, there were many, many texts, films, and uh, works of memoirs about World War I in the interwar period, and they were not censored. You know, one of the most popular novels of the late 1920s, early 1930s, Quiet Flows the Dawn, really uh, is in large part a World War I novel, but no one had ever considered it in those terms before. The more I read, the more interesting the material became because it turned out that Russian World War I materials really paralleled a lot of the themes and questioning of the European materials. Right at the same time that All Quiet on the Western Front uh, was coming out, Mikhail Sholokhov was writing Quiet Flows the Dawn, but also Russians were reading All Quiet on the Western Front in translation and absolutely fell in love with it. So in the Russian and Soviet context, World War I memory was occurring pretty much simultaneously and on the same terms as in Europe. Soviet memory really questioned the heroism of war. And so I looked at, at four themes. I looked at religion and relationship to mourning, violence and how violence was understood, gender and heroism, and then I also looked at national identity. So those are the four major themes that appear in a lot of World War I literature across Europe, and I began to pick up those themes and look at what was written in the 1920s and, uh, and the early 1930s uh, in the Soviet Union, and I found that these materials challenged the idea of the heroic masculine warrior and challenged the idea that you could have a heroic war, challenged ideas of national identity. All of these things uh, that were happening elsewhere were happening in the Soviet Union too. I thought, well, okay, all of this stuff is there. It's rich, it's really interesting material, it, there's a lot of it, uh, it's very compelling, why doesn't anybody know about it? 
I was able to trace the disappearance of these themes uh, in the 1930s uh, through censorship. Um, and the reason for the disappearance was because the Soviet state was a militarizing state. They were not comfortable with the idea of anybody questioning war. So the Soviet Union found itself in a, in a funny place because on the one hand, they had completely rejected World War, World War I. On the other hand, they did not completely reject the idea of war, and they felt that not only was war inevitable, but it was likely that revolution would occur in the context of a future war. Uh, and I was able to really very clearly demonstrate these themes were there, and those are the, the very themes that question war are the ones that get eliminated. And then World War II comes and really obliterates the memory of World War I completely uh, because it becomes the cornerstone and the myth for the later Soviet period. Uh, there is a really wonderful memoir uh, by Lev Wojtolowski that virtually no one has heard of. Um, it's called In the Footsteps of War. And this is a really uh, beautifully written, uh, heartfelt memoir that you know belongs perhaps on the shelves along with the other World War I memoirs, and it's not there. Um, there's also a really interesting set of soldiers' anecdotes by an ethnographer by the name of Sofia Fedorchenko, uh, again, that no one uh, really is aware of. So one of the things I found myself doing uh, was actually unearthing valuable commentary on the society that, that for one reason or another were completely lost. The other really interesting set of sources was I was able to do some archival work. Uh, and in the Soviet Union, the um, publishing houses solicit letters from readers. They, you know, this part of the populist you know, sort of Soviet Union, if you write a letter to the publishing house, you uh, tell us what you think of this work. Uh, and so I was able to go and look what, to see what Soviet readers thought about the Russian translation of All Quiet on the Western Front, and also some of these other memoirs. And it turned out that these works were very resonant to Russian readers, um, and they loved them. I've been interested in issues of gender and war, heroic masculinity. And I had written something about Russian World War I posters and these themes of heroic masculinity and so forth and so on. So I was interested in soldiers and how they represented themselves. And I started out working on soldiers' memoirs. But when I started to look at the Russian World War I memoirs and discovered how good they were and how unknown they were, um, I realized pretty quickly that Russian World War I culture was something that, that was worthy of, of in-depth in, in study. And that's how I sort of fell into it. I really feel extraordinarily lucky that, that I would stumble upon something that was that no one else could see and yet was there in such richness. And it's, it's, that's a once-in-a-career once opportunity, I think. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences and the Department of History for making this podcast possible.